I'm Wes Shank, the host of the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. We hope you'll enjoy our discussions on renewable energy and the products that make that possible. Thank you for downloading our podcast, and we hope you'll subscribe. So it's me and David again, and I'm going to pick his brain today on inverters. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. We're all excited about that and thinking about pumpkin pie and... uh, (laughs) David had an unfortunate incident here at the company pie event where he tried to hide a pumpkin pie from the staff thinking he was going to go home with this huge pumpkin pie that everybody was too full and I think I think Brian left him with a piece of crust if he listened to my coaching <laughs> didn't work out <laughs> nonetheless one of the things we're going to talk about today and we may have a short podcast today um, just as we kind of wind down for the holiday, uh, we're going to talk about inverters. And our last podcast, we, we talked about how to size for a house. And so it looks like I'd like to take credit and say, I'm really thinking these out as we go through. And we're kind of working our way backwards through a system. We're, we're going to talk about those inverters. We talked about size and inverter for a house, but we really didn't talk about what an inverter does and the different types of inverters. So I'm going to pick David's brain about that today. The first thing to talk about is I think there may be more than one type of inverter, but I guess a first distinction to make is we've got a lot of people I think out there who are looking to grid tie. Maybe they don't even know that they're looking to grid tie versus I'm going to do something out in the middle of one of my fields, right? And so right. is that is that a valid yeah. statement? So very valid. If I'm looking to grid tie, what kind of inverter am I talking about there? Well, you have a grid tie. You have uh, two different options on, on a grid tie inverter. Uh, you have a grid tie, which is strictly going to hook to solar. Uh, the solar is going to hook directly to the grid tie inverter. And then that will directly hook into the panel and or the the meter, depending on how the your electrical entity that you're trying to produce to uh, deems that they want that done. Right, because uh, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And 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 so all grid tie units must be UL seventeen forty one approved if you are going to go into the grid, uh, or the electric company uh, and your power company will not acknowledge as they are safe to use in their power system. And and let's talk about it for just a second. The big thing there is, and as much as probably our our client base is anti-power company or, or right. whatever, what, what we have to do with that is you've got to make sure that that lineman who's out there and it's storming and That's the right. power went out and that guy is out there at 2 o'clock in the morning shinning up a pole to put the power back together doesn't think that this side of the line is dead and he gets a hold of it and it's got power coming through it because right. you're you're generating on your your end and we never want to be never, never. responsible so, for that so. so we we always want to make sure that we're following all the codes and and even if you're in a place like like I mean I know in Seymour I know we've got Right. We don't have building codes out right. in the county, but pretty lax <laughs> codes overall. Yeah. But you still want to make sure with the power company that they know you got you got power coming from that other direction. Right. Right. 
Well, you just don't want to put a price on life. And, you yeah, know, so I mean, that, that guy's, that's, the, that's what it that boils guy's down got to. family and kids, and he, right. he wants to eat yeah. David's pumpkin pie. That's right, he wants too. to go home and eat his own pumpkin pie. That's right, he can't have mine, by the way. Because uh, it doesn't exist anymore because <laughs> Brian ate the last piece. I know it, I know it. Uh, but but that's, <laughs> that's not funny either, by the way. Uh, <laughs> So, so yeah, we were talking about, you know, we, you know. Oh, wait a minute. Well, let me ask one other thing about it. Okay, so my unit that I've got down in Georgia, uh-huh. you mentioned tying in the, the panel and everything. The unit I've got at home, I've got a couple of panels, mm-hmm. runs over to the, the inverter, and it just plugs into the wall. Right, yeah. And that's just called a, uh, simply a plug and play. I mean, it's uh, it does the same thing, and instead of having to, to do a hard wire back into the panel uh, through a breaker, uh, you can actually plug it into a wall socket, and whenever it's feeding power, it feeds it right back into the wall socket. Anything on that circuit uses that power first, you know. So if you have that on a circuit, uh, say that that circuit's tied to uh, lights in that room, or or to the microwave on that, uh, or the refrigerator, I mean, anything that's on that circuit that would be using energy. It will use it first, and then anything after that that is that is not being used up, then it sends it back to the grid. It's it's actually pushing. Uh, it knows how to find the, the exact voltage so it can feed back into the grid. And one of the cool things about that too is if you're like where I am, like I've said, and if if our listener, if they are wanting to get into it. Like we've talked before, we know we have people call in and they're like, "Well, I just want to get started with it." Right. You get started with a couple of panels in this thing. Yeah. What's really cool about that, if if you're a hobbyist, let's say if you're a hobbyist in this right. and you're not ready to go 100% off grid and and get into our big system that sort of thing, buy one of those kilowatt meters. Oh yeah. And stick yeah. it on there. Yeah. And you can you can sit there and watch. You can see the the power being produced. Yeah. And you can see it going backwards in the into That's that. Right into right. that unit with it. I mean, it, it, you can sit there and look at that and yeah. you don't you don't have to take my word or David's word on it. That's right. You can watch that kilowatt. You can go take that kilowatt meter, plug it into your refrigerator in the wall. That's right. And see what your refrigerator does. Then yeah. go take that kilowatt meter and put it in between your inverter in the wall. That's right. And see what it's doing there. Yeah. So it's so it's really it, that, that's a very that, that's uh the kilowatt meter is a very handy device for anybody that's uh, thinking about doing solar or wind energy and, and grid tying. And it's also just a handy little tool for anybody that's not. It will it'll find your energy vampires, as to speak, right. in your house, you know. So even if you just want to become more energy efficient, and, and maybe solar and wind is, is just not what you're uh, uh, after right at the moment, then that's a good way to start, though. I mean, and, and so this becoming more energy aware, then maybe that leads into, well, now that I have that, maybe I can start producing some of my own electricity as well. So. As as a dad, it's a great Christmas present. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll put a plug yeah. in here yeah. for, for buying Christmas. something for That's us, right. which if That's you right. listen to our podcast, you know I'm always I'm right. always pro buying something. But the kilowatt meter is pretty cool because right. you can go. Right. Right. I mean, you you can. That's a great stocking stuff. And, and the kilowatt meter, what, what the kilowatt meter will do for you as well, now that we're, we're talking about inverters here, what it will do for you is – when we design a system here at the at the store, when we put all the components together to, to build a system here at the store, well, we're asking you questions. What are you going to run on this system? Are you going to run a refrigerator, right, a freezer? Right, you right. know, what are we going to run? So using this kilowatt meter, 
will tell you the maximum size of inverter that I need to be putting. If I find out that my refrigerator pulls 1,800 watts and I find out my freezer pulls 1,300 watts and I find out that my lights are pulling, you know, 100 watts, well, then I have to add all three of those together because they may at any time be on at one time. And that tells me how big of an inverter I need. So it can be used even in sizing as a sizing tool, not just for finding out what kind of energy you're consuming, but you can use that in helping size your size your off-grid system as well, or on-grid system, but typically for off-grid. Again, a great gift for dad. Uh, great or gift. mom. Yeah, or any <laughs> or, anybody. Or uh, Billy. <laughs> or Grandpa. Grandpa, grandpa. really grandpa. loves these type of things, I guarantee it. So, Because uh, Grandpa has everything else. So, uh, but, uh, uh, so anyhow, as, as we are always... Uh, prone to do we've we've wandered off we're talking we're doing it we're doing a podcast we need to change the name of it to kill <laughs> instead of inverter so let's let's bring it back in the inverter that that i've got at home you said is a, just a regular plug and play plug and we, play. Call, we call it a plug and play inverter it's just simple as uh adding two solar panels or one solar panel to a uh, and it runs directly to the inverter it plugs right into a 120 wall outlet and it produces power back into the grid. Okay, so not to jump the gun, but at this point, do I care if that's the two things that I don't understand yet that I'm going to ask you about, about the, the sign, the modified sign, or the, the true sign? Pure sign and yet? the modified. You're, you're, you're on any grid tie inverter on the market that we sell, it will be pure sine wave. The, the grid company could not understand block sine wave or modified sine wave, and, and so that's how one would think about pure sine wave. If you think about pure sine wave, you would think about a rolling ocean that's up 60, down 60, up 60, down 60. It's just in a good, even wave. If I was to draw it, I would just make a simple sweeping arc that's going up and down. And so at any time, it's, it's very smooth. So if anything tries to, to draw away, electricity away from it, it has a very, it can come in at any point on there. Whereas a block sine wave, or a modified sine wave, a lot of people call it block sine wave, and they call it that because when you look at it, it looks like a block, like a set of building blocks. It's square sine wave would be another word for it. it, it instead of being that good even flow, it jumps up real high and then it goes over for a ways on the same height and it drops way down and then it back over again and then it's just real erratic. Modified sine wave are great inverters, but they have their limitations. They're great inverters for bulbs. They're great inverters for motors. Right. Now that's they the thing do I've not always like, understood. Yeah. They do not like electronics. Uh, like I'm sitting here right now, and there's a computer up in front of me. And if that computer was running through a modified, that computer would really be struggling with that process. Uh, not to say it couldn't do it, but it wouldn't like it at all. If I'm taking that inverter and I'm just grid tying it back into my house do I even care no no because won't will will the house power well fill in the gaps I'll I'll revert from what I just said yes on grid tie it has to be pure sine wave and you can only grid tie a true grid tie inverter okay so you can't you, you can't, can't you can't take an off grid grid tie inverter and and put it into the grid it is incapable. Well, you so will then why would we ever even have then a block? What's the what's the, the application for a block? Block way there again, like I said, if I'm going to run a drill, I'm going to run a saw, I'm going to run light fixtures, 
Uh, are we just back to price then? Or are they just I'm cheaper? Back to price. It's I can buy a five thousand watt modified sine wave for four hundred forty nine dollars from Missouri Wind and Solar, or if I go buy spend for a pure sine wave of five thousand, I'm going to be spending upwards of nine hundred to a thousand dollars in a in a pure sine wave. So it goes back to the price. I mean, it, it it's what it all bases back to. Uh, but a modified, there again, for a well pump, for a... Really? Uh, so the yeah. well pumps aren't that... I would, yeah, I would have thought they, those they, well pumps were they are, more sensitive they, than that. They're not sensitive at all. They really don't care. that They just need power. I mean, they're just a big consumer of power. Most well pumps, there again, is 240, so you'd have to buy a modified that was capable of running 240. Even those German... They, mm-hmm. Those are two... Now, those, the, the German uh, well pumps, he's talking about a well pump that we have out here on our shelf that we our sell. D, our DC. That are DC. So they don't need an inverter whatsoever. They hook directly either to solar panels or the battery. Right. Okay. That was a So they don't, they don't a need dumb a, question. Yeah. They don't. Uh, it wasn't a dumb question. It was just <laughs> you, didn't know the, you didn't know exactly how they ran, and now, now you do. And there was a uh, for sale out there on the floor as well. Uh, it's a DC well pump. It goes up to 220 foot in depth. Runs there again off of a solar panel or a 12 volt battery. So if you have any kind of well that that you don't have power to, it's a great pump. Oh, and, and you and I have talked about this before. I don't even see why. I, I don't know why anybody who had a well would not. Yeah. Have a DC yeah. one. Period. Yeah. You know. Just, and, just and, period. And here's the deal. We we can get off into all kinds of things, and we can really get off topic. <laughs> which we do. Which we do. <laughs> but you take a DC pump and you let things go real bad in the world. Uh, and you have a well that has a casing on it. You pull that casing out. You drop this DC pump in. If you have batteries, you have fresh water. Right. Well, or even better, you have a solar panel. That's right. If you I have mean, solar panel, you're even better off yet. So, uh, but but yeah, if you have solar and you have fresh water, and in that situation, you have gold. If you have fresh water, you have something that ninety percent of the ninety-five percent of the people in the world do not have. And these are these are German-made. I mean, the Germans are That's well right. known for over-engineering. Yeah, you could they're, almost they're, shoot them with a gun, and they're going to keep on pumping. You if know, they weren't so. nine hundred dollars, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's their only drawback. But you know, they're not cheap. They're not, they're not cheap, cheap, but they are. We've never had one fail, and never had a never had a person yeah it's uh, a, respond that they've ever failed. It's a, so. that's a purchase that's a one and done sort of thing. Yep. You, you're not yep. going to come back so. and again we've wandered off. So yep, but we're coming back, which is what we do. We've talked about the grid tide side mm-hmm. of it. So let's talk about the application where we're not. So application where we're not. We've got a little uh, we've got a little hunting cabin built three miles back in the middle of the uh, the woods and or what we like to see what, what came across really neat came across just recently the tiny house. Tiny house. Tiny anything anything that uh, that you're not wanting to to run grid power to that you do not want the power company Did- to come and hook up. A meter to your home. Did you see that? I mean, yeah, well, yeah. I know we, we our, our folks would love yeah. to hear about. Were you in on that deal? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a wasn't it a, a nineteen year old girl? Yep. That she built a built a tiny home and just traveled in the country. It was on her. Well, no, no. This is one that was on her mom and dad property or something, and she maybe she wasn't nineteen, but anyhow, she had just like graduated college or something. Built it. She built okay, the this was a different herself, yeah, yeah, man. She like yeah. built it herself. Yeah, and this was a different. One. I wasn't much involved in this one, but but I I did get to meet her. Uh, she uh, she built it all herself. She she installed all the solar herself. Yeah. I mean, she did the whole thing herself. And you know, it's and uh, you think about. I couldn't imagine in, in having lived my life at, at twenty five years old, 
even a tiny house or anything being right. done with the being done with a rent or a house payment. Right. Could you imagine right. that at, no. at twenty five, yeah. less it than twenty five? Right. It was <laughs> it was pretty amazing. We had another couple that built a tiny home and, uh, but they that was on it was mobile. I mean, it yeah. Was, uh, well, I know a lot of and, uh, uh, of uh, building codes won't yeah. let you. And, uh, and so they it was mobile, uh, and they they traveled with the sun basically. If it was warm somewhere, they went where the sun was, you know. So, and uh, you know, when the sun got too hot, they moved a little farther north. So it was uh, that was really neat. That was a really neat application uh, as well. And it just it just shows you the versatility that that having an off grid inverter can give you. You know, if you get tired of the heat, go somewhere where it's cool. You know. So so uh, when you get into those. What kind of sizing are you looking at there? I know you can go back and listen to our sizing. Yeah, podcast. yeah. You're just you're what you're looking for there again. It's like what I, I told said earlier with the kilowatt meter. Uh, you're looking to see what you're going to run. You know what what is going to be in this tiny home. What you know, and, and the thing that you have to size an inverter for. You can do it a couple of different ways. You can say okay, you can find the maximum draw appliance in your in your tiny home or in, in, in your application that doesn't be a tiny home, but in your application. And you can size it to that and say, okay, well, I will turn everything off when I want to run that. Everything else will be turned off. And that's what I'm going to run. So it pulls 1,800 watts. Well, the closest I can get to that is 2,000 watts. That's one way you can size. Or you can add up all the appliances that you're going to use and say, okay, what if they were all on at the same time? How much power do they use? And then you can size it that way. Add that total up and then buy the inverter that's just the size over that and then you you have your answer there or now you can do a sum of any one of those combined you can say okay if my refrigerator and freezer are on at the same time i need this one i can turn anything else off at that that given time while those two are on you know so that that's all you're that's all you're really looking to do is what do you want to be able to run at any given one at one given time that's how we're sizing an inverter. If, if I want to be able to run 2,000 watts at any one given time, then I need a 2,000 watt inverter. If I want to run 12,000 watts at any one given time, then I need a 12,000 watt inverter. I can't do that with a 6,000 watt inverter. It won't do it, you know, so. So we've got whatever our power source is coming in. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking of a classic AC circuit breaker panel. Mm-hmm. How, how does that look in comparison with, with a Inverter. What do we typically well, an, do? Well, inverter. I mean, you're now you're now you're going to go back and and we're going to go back to uh, the an individual basis inverter. So if you have a little fifteen hundred watt inverter, there's a good chance that it doesn't have the capability of of running a a breaker panel. It wasn't designed for that. It'll have a set of plugs on the front that you're going to plug in. Right. You know, like, like a like a generator. Right. Like you just got a handful exactly of plugs right. out I mean, there because it's in. not meant to do large. So. Uh, as you get into some of the larger ones, they're meant to run an AC panel, so they're meant to take over into that AC panel the same that you would run power power cables into so your. You, you just have a set. Of, you just a, have a, a set of cable lead into your to your AC panel, and uh, and then everything is then run by the breakers. You can flip on and off anytime you want a breaker on and off. You can flip it off in the AC panel, because now, because that breaker panel. It doesn't understand where the power comes from. It only knows if power's to it or not. So I can bring in power from my true wave sign inverter, or I can bring in power from the grid into that AC panel. I can't do them both at the same time unless I'm a grid tie. Uh, because there again, you will start a fire and let smoke out of a, of a 
a true sine wave off grid inverter. If you try to put actual 110 power to it from the from the grid, it will you will not have a good day at the end of it. Uh, it won't be good. So don't do that. Another product that we sell, incredibly popular, has an incredible name. Um, everybody who's in the industry knows it is Outback. Yep. How do Outbacks? Okay, so Outback, it's the best as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. It is it is the hybrid. It is the best of both worlds. So if I have a, Wes here comes to me and he says, listen, I want to be able to put in a system that can feed the power back to the power company. Can I, I can grid tie back to the power company while the power company is on, while the, while the grid is up and running. I want to be able to feed that grid with my solar panels. But if the power goes out, I want to be able to have a battery backup option. I want that to be my backup generator. The grid Outback VFXR is the answer, or you can use the Radiant series from Outback as well. It's just a larger, it's larger. So when that grid is on and the batteries are full, all the extra power is produced back into the grid. It's, it feeds it back into the grid. So that gives you the capability of having a payoff. It, it can pay for itself because that, instead of having to buy that power from the electric company, now you're producing your own power. What you really have there in essence, then, is when you go to Home Depot and you see the backup generator. You have a backup generator. You have a backup generator. You have a backup generator that has an auto transfer switch in it that within milliseconds of the power going out understands it, automatically throws the backup transfer switch and your power then starts being pulled from the battery bank. Now, you can try to pull your entire house or you can build in a sub-panel to power your critical. With the Outbacks, we can tie both wind and solar? Yes, because you're going through the battery base first. So there again, okay. we're, going, we're going through the battery base first. Remember, our, our wind turbines can produce erratic voltage, which uh, it's hard for a grid tire inverter to, to understand erratic voltage, where solar produces a pretty even voltage. It, it will only range about 10 to 12 volts and, from one way to the other, whereas a, a wind turbine can, it can range 150 volts. Uh, so there's not a generator out there that understands that and can work quick enough with that. So in that, that's why we use the Outback inverter because once you run through the battery bank, the battery bank then works as your laundromat. It cleans the voltage. It takes whatever crazy voltage you had and it makes it into understandable voltage for that inverter. This is the ultimate hair of the dog then. Yes. If, if yes. the storm is raging and knocks your lights out and you turn around and are using the wind turbine to generate That's right. the power, you, it's, it's, kind of, it. it's kind of the, the proverbial flipping the bird at the storm. That's right. Way. That's right. Yeah. Let it, let it come. I'm ready. You know, that's, that's what you say when you have the Outback. So. And, the, and the, the thing is, see, the Outbacks, it, it's not a price for the faint of heart. No, right. I mean, no, it's it's you know it's it's got its cost. I mean, uh, everything everything to do with electricity. I mean, you you for our listeners out there, you're you're paying your light bill. You understand there's a cost to electricity, and that's the same if you want to produce your own electricity. There's a cost to that. What's know? the starting price point? Starting price point is going to be around twelve fifty. You know, on the smallest two thousand watt inverter that they make. And I know we uh, actually we've got a very nice one we use here at the yeah, store. Yeah, and it's um, it's, run, it's going to run around eighteen eight eighteen eighty nine I think is the is the list price on it is what we sell it for and uh, 
it is a great inverter. One thing I would mention on it, it it's typically a 120 uh, production. Uh, so if somebody needs 240, then you would need to stack them, what they call stacking them. And that just means you're given 120 on each leg. Uh, and so you have two inverters pulling off the same battery bank, but it's feeding the same panel. But to do that, you will have to have a mate. It's called a mate uh, and a hub. And what that does is will, it will talk with each other uh, and it will tell each other and you can tell them uh, what you want them to do to work to, with each other. Uh, so, so if you want to run the dryer and right. the AC while the power's out. That's right. You're going to have to have 240 and so you're going to have to. Or you have your family in from England and they, run, <laughs> they didn't bring the hair that's dryer. That's right. That's right. The, the hair dryer attachment. That's right. So uh, yeah, that's exactly right. So that's a, that's a, a good point. So anything that you're wanting to run when you're starting to size an inverter, if you've got to think about hot water heaters, dryers, AC units, heating units, uh, even your blower motor on your on your AC unit or your heating unit, even if it's gas, will typically be 220. It's still so be 220. You still want to, you know, you still want to always think about that as your as your. And then the radiant series from Outback is a 240 volt producing unit by itself. Okay. It just does 240, uh, and it's a larger unit, uh, and it typically is running around about 4,500 dollars. But you could that would be a single unit. Yeah, it would take one up both, single unit. both poles yeah. on the on uh, your box. And yeah. your, your we'd plate. still recommend using. You don't need the hub then, but we'd still recommend using the mate. The mate is a, a product that's that's going to tell you. Uh, it's going to be the computer system for your car. That the where they plug in the computer for your car and say, yeah, you got flu, fuse twenty three blown. Yeah, that's what the mate's going to do. It's going to say. You got a loose wire over here on terminal four. Now, you know, how does so. how does that handle? Okay, so we've got the let's say we've got the larger outback hooked in there, mm -hmm. and we've got the flash where the power kicks off, and the hot water heater, and the AC, and the dryer are running at the same time. Well, here's is what's going to happen. It's just it, like on any other inverter. Uh, it's it can only run what it. I mean, what it's capable of pulling at at any one given time. It can pull sixteen thousand watts for twenty seconds. That's a lot of power. I mean, most dryers are using around four. Most hot water heaters are using around uh, seven to eight. You know, and then uh, what, what was the other thing we was using? Uh, oh, the AC unit AC. depends on what the AC unit. Uh, so it can do that for a, a period of time, and then after that, after that surge goes off and it goes back to 8,000, something's got to go off. I mean, you're going to have to go turn something off. Maybe maybe the clothes aren't the most important right now to get dry. But the inverter's going to warn you and shut down. Yeah, it's going to warn you and shut down. And, you're, and then all you're going to have to go do is, is just... You turn it off or flip some breakers. Yeah, you're just going to go flip a breaker off there again to that dryer and do whatever you need to do to get them finished dried and and say I'll I'll finish laundry when the power comes back on. There's always a, a trade-off uh, in, in being off-grid or when the power's out. I mean, we've got to think. Or you can size up. That's right. I mean, you gotta, you, you can, either you got to size up to, to say, I don't ever want to live any different than I'm living, or we got to think, what is critical in my deal? I mean, I know that keeping food cold is a definite. I know that having water is a definite. I know that having some lights in the house so I don't trip and fall down and hurt myself uh, is a definite. You know, so you just got to figure out to to each individual what is critical. 
you may have somebody that uh, listeners out there that are that they need uh, that they have an oxygen machine. That's critical, right? Right. And that's that's critical. I mean, yeah, any number of you know, devices. There's like there's that any right. number of devices. I mean, you may have a CPAP machine that that you need. I mean, that that's that's to each individual's you know what they deem as critical. I had a customer the other day, and uh, you know, and we were designing the system, and and they had a, a well pump, and they had a, a freezer and a deep freeze. And I said, well, okay, them are great criticals. And I said, is there anything else? She said, yeah, the satellite dish. In the TV, and I said, "Well, you really consider them critical?" She said, "I consider them more critical than the well pump." Uh, you know, so to everybody their own. I mean, you know, if it's critical to you, then uh, it's critical. We'll, it's critical. We, we'll we'll figure you out. You know, so so to each their own, I guess, is what we say here. So, uh, well, what have, what have I missed in talking about inverters? You know, we, really, we've we've kind of covered it. You've got your you've got your modified sign, uh, which we call modified block wave square wave. Uh, you have uh, true sign, uh, which is true sign, pure sign, you know, grid sign. I mean, some people will call them? it grid sign. No maintenance. Uh, they either work or they don't work. That's that's the thing with an inverter. I mean, if they're either going to produce or they're not going to produce. One of the two. Uh, there's there's just no there's just no middle ground with a with an inverter. There's a few little tricks and and trades with an inverter. You know, definitely. Uh, Understand every time you hook your inverter up, if you're if you're dealing with a, a bigger inverter and you start to put the, the power cord to it, just to give you a little heads up, there's going to be a big flash. It's going to be a big spark. It's just like when you're hooking a real hot battery up to a dead battery and you put that positive cable on, you know, that negative's already hooked up on, and you see that, you know, that kind of arky spark. It's not going to hurt anything. It's just be ready for it. It's, it. It can be scary to the person that's never done it. So Now, I had... Jeff tell me one time when I was hooking up solar panels on it is you don't want to hook the solar panels up on a sunny day that's correct your inverter that's correct you do not want to hook your inverters up or if you or it, if you it, do it, you cover them and you ease right. whatever covering off of it so here's the best and easiest way to do that hook your inverter up to the battery first and then after you're hooked up to the battery, or you, or your, if your wall, if you're going, if you're into the wall, hook right. it up to the wall, because as soon as you hook that solar panel up to the battery or up to the inverter, it needs a place for energy to go. Uh, same way with your charge controller, hook your batteries first. It's always hook your batteries first because that energy is then, as soon as you connect your solar panels, there's energy going. If it's daylight they're producing power immediately. Uh, and if, if there's nowhere for it to go, it can have that real, like, just like a fuse, pop, and it, it will, it'll pop the fuse. Unfortunately, if you don't have a fuse in your system, typically it's the inverter that goes pop, and then you're calling me and you're buying a new inverter uh, because there's really no fixing that when you do that. So uh, it's what we call here letting the blue, the, the blue smoke out of it. And that's not a good process ever. So if you see that you're you've uh, you've not had a good day, and uh, call us and we'll see what we can do to help you get a new winner and uh, get you back on your feet. So okay, really not a whole lot of maintenance on them. Nope. Uh, just make sure they're in a good good location. Right. The the proverbial cool dry. Right. Yeah. Don't let them get around. You don't want them around moisture. Uh, don't want them around a lot of heat because they're going to make their own heat. heat. That's right. <laughs> you, you know, they, uh, typically I said no maintenance. You know, most of them have fans on them. You might think about, you know, uh, 
uh, once, twice a year, maybe with the changes of the winter solstice and the summer solstice. Get your uh, canned air out there and just like you would with your computer. I didn't know you were a it. druid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but blow, blow that uh, blow that fan out and let that dust get out of there. You know that it you know dust can 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 cause havoc in in electronics and and your inverter is going to have some electronics in it. So okay. All right. As always, uh, David and his team are here to answer your questions. Oh, we actually got a wolf from from oh. Lucy. Oh, she's actually come out. I think the podcast people probably don't really believe we have dog because she's never said anything. But well, anyway, anyway, as always, oh, there she is. <laughs> as always, we appreciate you coming in for tuning in for the podcast. Uh, we've got inverters galore. You can buy it from us. Dave will sell them to you by the pound if he needs to. That's right. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I know we did here at the store. We had we had our preliminary Thanksgiving. We're going to leave you with some sounds from our Thanksgiving dinner. It's all of David's pumpkin pie getting eaten, and my uh, my burned <laughs> chicken, or my grill that I could. It wasn't ate. burned. It was uh, it was well flavored. <laughs> it was good, by the way. It was good. We'll we'll be back next week with more stuff for you to learn, uh, and and as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Buy stuff from us. Keeps us bringing these podcasts to you, and uh, keeps us all happy and and uh, and joyous here at this time of year. That's going to be very messy. It's like a pudding filling. So, what's the start? There's Come on, Oz. The stuff everybody liked me for. Yeah, yeah. No, this is like. She's got red pudding over here, and we've got some kind of peanut butter. I'm fine. How are you? Okay. Over here, and it's like. And I'm a little fat kid. Did this one turn out better than the last no, one? No, it caught on fire again. At least the, this is recognizable as chicken. Unlike, Everybody's catching stuff on fire. Unlike the brisket last time. That, the, uh, you're cooking with great gas, right? There, yeah, well, I think it's charcoal. wind comes up. Charcoal. Right. No, charcoal. It's like the you know archaeologists couldn't have understood what happened to the brisket. I mean, they, yeah, I heard it turned out pretty uh, crispy. I mean, even the dog was like, "What am I supposed to do with that? Do, do I bury it, roll on it, or you know, chew on it for a little bit? Come on, come on, come on. No, it wouldn't have chewed on it. It, it you know, in Game of Thrones, when the dragon comes in and just torches all of the soldiers. That's what that brisket was. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. I had my alcohol-induced razor on the top of that thing this morning, and I put the broiler on, and it was just like, whoosh. And they were like, all like on fire. These like candies. Yeah, they were like balls. They looked like they were going to explode. I was like, I just scraped the top of it. I just got a fork.